Abracadabra, bitches. Welcome to this week's AEW wrap-up. We're going to be talking about AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor. We're going to get into everything in between and what's going to go down next week. It's all looking really amazing in the AEW sphere. We're also going to talk about and probably kick off talking about Cody Rhodes' debut in uh, WWE last night at WrestleMania Night 1. So that's kind of AEW related. So we're going to talk about that as well and get into all of this right, uh, right after this. To dominate! Jungle Boy Jack Perry! Nobody is gonna take this away from me! This is mine once again! Alright, everybody, let's kick off, like I said, talking about Cody Rhodes in WWE, because this is, I guess, the WWE podcast. Yes, if you missed it, if you are like me and can't even get through WrestleMania at this point, and mostly watch just AEW product, then you will uh, not know that uh, Cody Rhodes debuted last night on WrestleMania Night 1 against Seth Rollins. It was rumored it was going to happen. It was pretty clear. It was pretty obvious. But still, the pop was huge. It was cool that he had his own music. It was cool that he had his own gear still. He still looked like Cody Rhodes from AEW, so I will give him that. Um, The match itself really, to me, was was just your typical WWE match. It really wasn't anything special. I've seen the guy wrestle... 20,000 times better matches in AEW already, but in in Ring of Honor and all around. So honestly, I have a feeling, you know, I've had my thoughts about this before, so we won't drag on long about it, but I don't think that this is going to be some new big deal. Like, I just think that give it, uh, give it less than a year, guys, and he will be fighting for that Intercontinental title that is not even on the WrestleMania card. Uh, and if I'm wrong, awesome. Please, please, WWE, prove me wrong because I would love two great wrestling products to watch. And you know what? It sounds like that's a great transition because it sounds like we might even have that. Speaking of Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, I think we're going to jump around here, here, and everywhere when we uh, in this podcast because we got a lot to talk about. And I am sure I will not cover everything. But yeah, we're going to get into Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor. I do just quickly want to plug Patreon and Apple Podcasts. You can pay $2.99 on Apple Apple Podcasts, so you can pay a dollar a month on Patreon to get all of these shows ad-free and to get a bunch of exclusive content as well. So if you're not subscribed, I don't know what you're doing. Go make your way on over to be subscribed already because who like who likes ads? The people who put them out. That's about it. But all right, guys, let's talk about Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, and let's talk about that tag team match. There was a bunch of stuff that went on on that card, and, and we just don't have the time to cover everything, but there are two specific matches, or two specific moments, really, I want to cover, and um, and it was, first and foremost, obviously, uh, that tag team match. Briscoes versus FTR. Those guys beat the living bejesus out of each other. Uh, really, if you didn't watch it, go make your way on over to the internet, search it up, try to find it, because it was an incredible match when I say they beat the bejesus out of each other I'm not joking 
They really, really beat the crap out of each other, and the crowd was electric. So super, such a fun match to watch for somebody who isn't a Ring of Honor regular like myself. I also want to shout out to Commentary. I thought Commentary did a really good job of like not making me feel stupid, but also introducing me to things of Ring of Honor that I didn't know, like the Briscoes, like naming which Briscoe is which Briscoe, and uh, talking about the 20 count in Ring of Honor. Obviously, there was a match later on with Wheeler Yuta that had a totally different set of rules, kind of. So just just treating me like an educated fan, but also letting me know, you know, giving a fair introduction as somebody who is more of an AEW fan as, into what the product of Ring of Honor is and what it entails and a lot of the wrestlers in Ring of Honor. Um, and that main event was incredible as well, and they did a great job in that main event as well to, to do just that with Jonathan Gresham and Bandito. I actually thought... I thought there might have been a chance that Bandito was going to win, but I think most people were um, were pretty set on Jonathan Gresham. And then, guys, the two after matches I want to talk about as well. First, we're going to throw it back over to the tag team match. The Young Bucks. The Young Bucks coming out and beating the crap out of uh, the Briscoes after oh, this beautiful moment of respect after the match. Like, FTR... Guys, who in their right minds would have thought that FTR would have been this good at being baby faces? But they really are. They wrestled like heels for most of the match, and then somehow, some way, still, I'm sitting here like, I like these. I think I like guys. I, I think I like these guys. Why do I like FTR? The best heels probably in in a generation, um, at least tag team division wise. And um, yeah, the Young Bucks came out, ruined the moment, and then we are getting our match this Wednesday, obviously. The Young Bucks FTR Part 2, uh, it's going to be something else. I'm extremely excited for it. I hope they let it main event because that'll make it make, feel like the main event actually means something nowadays. I have talked about that on this podcast before. but uh, And then obviously the after the match, after Jonathan Gresham defeated Bandito, we had none other than Samoa Joe coming out to make the save, obviously pre uh, or Pre that, I guess, I don't know what the correct word is. Before that, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Before that, Jay Lethal coming out, and they were beating Jonathan Gresham down. And then uh, and then we, I think it was Lee Moriarty who came out and made the save, if I'm correct, and then didn't really make the save. And then Samoa Joe, dad, dad's home, guys. Dad came home and took care of business. And Samoa Joe looks like he's back in Ring of Honor. And that, talk about a way to kick that product back off for any, a little bit more, I don't want to say casual fans, because that's not the term, but like, for people who don't watch Ring, or people like myself who don't watch as much Ring of Honor as I'd like to, um, or people who haven't watched as much Ring of Honor as I'd like to, uh, or as we would like to, Samoa Joe, I'm, I'm kind of like what they did with NXT for a brief minute. Like, I'm gonna go watch, I'm gonna go watch that show because I, I give me some more Samoa Joe, man. And so I don't know where they go with this. Do we do Jay Lethal, Jonathan Gresham? Do we do Lee Moriarty and Jay Lethal again? Do we do? Uh, Jay Lethal Samoa Joe. Do we do Jonathan Gresham Samoa Joe? There are a whole bunch of match, uh, some really tasty match compilations there that I am I'm looking forward to, and and just I'm I'm definitely gonna be uh, I'm gonna be tuning into Ring of Honor. Absolutely, I will make the time because they they earned my viewership, guys. This card was really good. There was also a women's match, and and, and I'm uh, I have to look up now because I'm gonna forget exactly the names. I think it was AQA was one of them, and I have sung her praises on this podcast before. I really, really enjoyed her. She had a quick match uh, with, I forget, she had a quick match with somebody on, on Dynamite uh, or on Rampage. And then it was Miranda Elise, who was also really awesome too, guys. But AQA's got this fire about her, and I know she trained with Booker T, and that's awesome. But she's got a similar 
fire almost to me more so than like a red velvet where like that shooting star press when she goes up to hit it she looks like it's like life or death like she's got to do this like it's just such she's got this the the it factor about her and it's a specific it factor a specific baby face it factor and uh i'm really into it i am really into aqa so i hope we get to see more aqa i hope she continues to uh, hone her craft and all of that good stuff but let's jump on over to some some aew dynamite how about that and let's start with that opening match which was cm punk versus max caster yeah guys max caster once again like the acclaimed are so over uh, and I know they're still playing heels, but the minute these guys turn babyface, it's it's going to be a massive success, and I'm excited for it. Anthony Bowens has got a big fire about him, too. A di- like, a different kind of fire than I was just talking about with AQA, but he's definitely got a, 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 a an it factor about him, too, and obviously Max Caster as well. It's just crushing this gimmick. And, um, and you know what really popped me, too, was not just the rap. And, of course, we had to have Max Kester come out first so he could be the first one to make the Will Smith-Chris Rock reference. I'm not doing that on this show. Don't you worry, guys. But there will be no more talk of Will Smith-Chris Rock on this podcast or on any WWE podcast. I would like to hope so uh, because we're a safe place here away from the rest of the world that can talk about nothing else at this point. But, yes, CM Punk's reaction to the actual rap was was funny to me, and I really liked that. But this match was great. It wasn't anything, like, unbelievable. I'm, I'm so thankful that CM Punk was wearing uh, the trunks, not the tights. I'll give him that. So that's always gonna, you're always going to start off higher on the rating for me. And um, I think Max Kessler shined throughout this match, getting a fair share of offense. Like, I think, really, if anything, this kind of started off a trend for the night where I felt like too many guys went 50-50 with too many guys who they shouldn't be going 50-50 with. And when I say 50-50, I don't mean your WWE 50-50. I just mean in the actual uh, body of the match. I just thought that, I don't know, you're CM Punk. Like, you are getting really, really good. And I think we we definitely did see that. And this wasn't, this match wasn't the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? This match wasn't the worst culprit of it the entire show. But, like, for example, FTR versus the uh, Gun Club. I thought the Gun Club got way too much offense on FTR. Way too much. And I know you want to make these guys shine. I totally get that. Same with, um, who was it before? It was, uh, uh, why am I blanking on the name now? Uh, Jay Lethal. Why is Jay Lethal getting that? You're John Moxley, your former AEW World Champion. And I know Jay Lethal is a former Ring of Honor World Champion, but still, I just, I don't know. I just felt like some of these guys who are supposed to be so dominant on the roster are starting not to look so dominant uh, in the bodies of matches. And I remember that stuff. I don't. I don't just remember who won and who lost. Uh, I do remember that as well. But uh, however, I did think Max Caster looked really, really awesome in this match. Uh, I thought that uh, the commentary in this match was really good. How uh, the, all the guys were talking about how people weren't going for enough pinfalls and. Um, and how people weren't uh, uh, focusing on winning the match, more just about their moves. And I'd say call that stuff out, absolutely. Like, like, But then we got to do something about it, too, on the other end of it. So, And then, obviously, we got CM Punk afterwards cutting a quick promo saying, Before my time in AEW is over, I will be a world champion. Uh, looking forward to that journey. And it sounds like we are so close to it as well, guys. I, can't, I say put the belt on him. Why not? I mean, why not at this point? He is so, still so over. He's CM freaking Punk, guys. No, not Seth freaking Rollins, but he's CM freaking Punk. And he's, uh, I don't know if he's necessarily a ratings, I mean, he was for that 1.1 million that they did on Rampage or whatever it was. But he is a ratings draw for sure. And um, and his return was probably the biggest thing to happen in pro wrestling in a really long time, at least for pure pro wrestling fans. So 
I say put the belt on him. I'm I'm excited to see where that goes here from here. But uh, moving on down the line, Jay Lethal versus John Moxley. You guys know how I feel about Jay Lethal. I don't really feel like I can get emotionally invested in a lot of these matches. But yes, this was a really good match. I will give them that. This was a really good match. I, I just I thought John Moxley didn't really look like John Moxley through a lot of it. Um, and um, just something to keep an eye on. He's back. He's back and in good form again like let's show like we can't really tell the story that he's still rusty at this point I feel like so I don't know uh I thought the match that with Brian Danielson and Wheeler Yuta I enjoyed a lot more again that might just be subjective but um I did enjoy that a lot more and uh, and I enjoyed the match with Wheeler Yuta and Jay Lethal as well or not excuse me not Jay Lethal who am I it was uh though Jay Lethal also had a good match on um on the Ring of Honor Supercard. I don't want to uh, forget to mention that because we're not really probably going to talk about it. But it was Jay Lethal and Lee Moriarty. Uh, I did really enjoy Wheeler Yuta's match, though, also on Supercard uh, versus Josh Woods, winning the uh, Ring of Honor Pure Championship title, which was really, really cool. I, I, I did not call that one. And it was the, the ending was, yes, a little anticlimactic, but pure wrestling, guys. Like, it was it definitely the show was a buffet. Um, sticking with Ring of Honor, I also really, guys, it was good to see Minoru Suzuki back. There were a lot of title changes, a lot of title changes. Winning the Ring of Honor World TV Championship, that one was a shocker because, you know, Minoru Suzuki's kind of come in really to take some losses but still be a badass. And, um, and I thought he did a great job in his role doing that. I just didn't expect him to actually win a title because, I don't know, the guy's the guy's not a spring chicken anymore, but he still wrestles like he sure is one, so I'm all for it. I, give me more Minoru Suzuki in AEW, too. If the guy's around, I'll take a little bit more. You guys know he wrestled my favorite match of last year on a freaking pre-show, of all things. Um, all right, let's, let's jump on over to Rampage, because why not? Because that opening match was awesome with the Young Bucks in top flight. It wasn't... It wasn't... It didn't reach uh, what you'd expect when I say the words "young buck," "young bucks" versus "top flight." However, you these guys have to make a conscious effort to have a bad match. Um, Dante flipping clean over Nick and hitting a super kick, or getting hit with a super kick, followed by Darius hitting the flatliner on Dante, was really or not on Dante. Excuse me, hitting a flatliner and then Dante doing a senton. It was a really awesome. Uh, uh, what am I, what's the word I'm looking for? A really awesome, just combination of moves back and forth. I thought all the offense was really awesome. Um, the cheap shot and the super kick from Matt Jackson on the outside looked rough to take. And Matt Jackson is so good at what he does. I'm back to like loving this heel Young Bucks thing again. I feel like they've kind of been flying under the radar and they're they're back again. But I guess this leads me to a point that I wanted to talk about with you guys uh, real quick. And, and it's really, it's, are the champions really the biggest deal in AEW right now? And and I'm gonna we're gonna go through you know what we're gonna take a break here and go through each title and really think about all the other names that are so much bigger than the actual champions. And starting with the tag team division. Jurassic Express. I love I don't get me wrong, guys, I love me some jungle boy, and specifically, you guys know I love me Luchasaurus. I really do. I think he's so awesome. I think he's Got a fire about him as well. I think he is uh, explosive in the ring, absolutely. And and Jungle Boy is going to be a superstar one of these days. And he still is he's already on his way to doing that. But, all right, I'm going to name, th- just off the top of my head, three tag teams. The Briscoes, uh, FTR, and the Young Bucks all feel way bigger than this tag team title division. How about Red Dragon? Feel bigger, uh, even with the feud, this small feud that they're in that, uh, to me, really doesn't seem like that big of a thing. All right, the world title, right? We have uh, Adam Page is our world champion. 
and this weird feud, and I guess this brings me over to talking about that whole thing that they did with the stealing of the belts and that whole, I'm not even, I can't even, I don't even know how to recap or talk about that segment. It was so bad to me. It was so bad. Like, children stealing titles. We're grown adults here, guys. It just does, that, that whole thing is very tricky to make work for me, like the stealing of the belts, and it, and it did not work. It did, the, the celebration was so obvious, too. They were like, oh, they're not in the building. I'm like, yeah, no, they probably are. They're, they're probably going to come out and interrupt you soon. It just was so uh, paint-by-numbers, not good. So I don't know. I, I really did not enjoy that. And then think about all the people who are, to me, bigger than the world title. CM Punk and MJF. I would even go on a limb to say MJF Wardlow is bigger than the world title picture right now. Uh, and then we go over to the TNT title picture. Like, what the heck is going on with the TNT title picture? And Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti and uh, I, can't, I, don't, I don't even know at this point, guys. Um, Scorpio Sky. I, I love Ethan Page, too. But I'm just thinking, like, what are the... If anything, these guys should be in the tag team division right now, focusing on that. I don't think Scorpio Sky has enough star power to be holding that TNT title. And I also don't think he's necessarily one of these rising stars that they're going to put all their money in. If they are power to him. It's not working for me. Uh, I said, you know, give him a couple defenses and stuff like that. I'll be patient. I will be patient. But right now it's not working for me. And think about how many guys feel bigger. For heck's sake, uh, Will Hobbs versus Keith Lee feels bigger than the TNT title picture. And uh, and we will talk about that next, I guess. But the women's division, the women's division, where did Serena Deeb and Karashita go, guys? Where do they go? I wanted that match. I missed them. Um, and then uh, Thunder Rosa is barely getting any TV time. However, Nyla Rose, Nyla Rose just refuses to not be the best thing in AEW. She's abracadabra, bitches. Like, are you kidding me? Are you? She is elevating this terrible material uh, that they're given, and they kind of backtrack with that stuff in the last week. And I'm looking forward to the match. And and this definitely recovered a little bit this week, but. She's your world champion in the women, in an entire division. She's your world champion. Where's Jade Cargill all week? Nothing. She's your supposedly oh, there's too many titles almost. If you really think about it, I would take away the TBS title. It's not for me to have in this thing. And then you're also gonna, I, if anything, I'd bring the TBS title maybe down to Ring of Honor, uh, where you can have a lot more women who are just getting their reps in working for that title and make it kind of a TV title down there. I, I, it does not work for me. It's too. There's the the women's division gets one match per show. It's not enough to have for two titles. It just doesn't work. So yeah, think about all the people who feel bigger than just the title picture right now, and and something to take a look at. Don't get me wrong, Hangman Page feels huge when he comes out, when he makes his entrance, and the crowd pops. He feels huge, but when he's not there, it's a problem. So I would say have Hangman Page wrestle like weekly again put him back on the show more like why are we keeping our world champion off the show he's a baby face let him he doesn't need to wrestle for the title just have him wrestle these young guys just like i just get, show me more hangman page to make him feel like a big deal again so i don't know i went on a rant there but let's talk about will hobbs versus keith lee which was the main event of rampage and honestly it is the freshest in my mind because it's the last thing i just watched but yeah guys big men big man slapping big meat I mean, these guys were doing nothing but just banging each other around the beginning of this match. And the real best part of this entire match was the throw. It was the throw. Keith Lee chucking Will Hobbs across the ring like he was freaking Dante Martin. And then obviously we had the interruption by Ricky Starks and then costing, really costing Will Hobbs the match. And then with the swerve coming down to make the save. I just, give me this tag team match. I'm excited for this. 
Uh, Keith Lee eventually getting the victory, kind of preserving Will Hobbs there a little bit, but almost unnecessarily. I think Will Hobbs is still young enough where he can take some losses and, and um, and I think maybe what happens is he does something similar to what Tully Blanchard is doing, uh, which is Tully Blanchard, excuse me, forming Tully Blanchard, what did he call it, the Enterprises, Tully Blanchard Enterprises, and taking these guys and just being like, okay, now that we're under new management, we are bad men now. Like, I'm always about that. That will always, to me, like, I, I can believe that, I can get behind that, that you get a new manager and all of a sudden you are, like, a different human. Yeah, because, like, I don't know if anybody's, like, got a new job and you just feel like a different person, like a new boss, something like that. So, uh, by the way, I forgot to mention that. Those guys looked incredible, and I'm blanking on their names right now. Um, and I, I don't even, I'm not even going to go look it up. But go watch the Ring of, Car- Ring of Honor Supercard. I have to continue to watch that show to continue to have these names make more sense in my head. But a lot of the names on that show looked really awesome, and I'm intrigued to see them again. I want to go watch that show again. I know I keep going back to that and harping back to it, but it was really, it was a great show. Um there was a women's match on this show too. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't. I can't help but laugh. But uh, uh, we had Jamie Hader versus Sky Blue. I thought Jamie Hader looked great. Uh, you kind of figured what was going to happen here. Uh, Jamie Hader sending Blue out uh, with an exploder suplex that looked really good, and um, she held on off. Of, uh, excuse me, held on off a of suplex and hit Blue with a sheer drop brain buster. That looked really good too. The offense. That's a sheer bl- drop brain buster that's easy for me to say but yes I thought a lot of this match was really good too it just wasn't it's I'm being trained not to care guys and it's really it's really hard to continue to come on this podcast and pretend to care Uh, but I did think she looked great obviously Britt Baker said a lot by her absence I miss me some Britt Baker bring her back as soon as possible actually don't make you know continue continue to make my heartache every single day because that's probably best for television but it's not best for my heart condition so Speaking of heart, con- no, I got nothing, you guys. Um, let's just jump on over to the uh, the beatdown. Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz return and, atta- and attack the Jericho Appreciation Society. First and foremost, these guys look great once again. I just the outfits are I- impeccable, impeccable, you guys. Uh, specifically, Cool Hands Ange, I think, always looks super, super fresh. But uh, Jericho referring to himself as the revolutionary revolutionary force in sports entertainment was a great dig at um, the the old opening to the WWE thing, if anybody else remembers that. Uh, I will say, um, I, this to me felt a little bit soon. I thought the selling was really good um, by, by the men who were getting their butts beaten down, but I thought I, thought I could have done with another week of them checking behind the curtain. And it was funny that it was Hager. Uh, Hager seemed to not really get the cue at first, but, you know, it's Jake Hager, so we all allow it. But, yeah, I, I could have gone for a week or two more without these guys coming back. I feel like sometimes AEW rushes returns, especially when it has anything to do with Chris Jericho. Uh, it seems like Chris Jericho doesn't seem to have a lot of patience. But then again, I guess, you know, Britt Baker seems to have patience, and I'm sitting here waiting, so I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I thought this was um, I thought this was a great, great segment overall. I just thought it was too soon. Uh, but the crowd was hot for it. Eddie Kingston, one of the, the crowd not hot for Eddie Kingston. Santana and Ortiz felt like a big deal, and they haven't felt like a big deal in a long time. So I will give them that. And I'm excited for uh, for what's next with these guys. And then I really want to see the Jericho Appreciation Society do something next. So I assume, I hope, out of this feud, we have a definitive winner, and it is the JAS. Uh, I talked about Wheeler Yuta with Brian Danielson a little bit, but let's let's really get into this match because, oh my gosh, the the violence the just the sheer it's this weird 
You ever go to like a fancy museum and and you see like some I don't know. It's, I don't know if this comparison is going to make any sense, but I'm going to go with it anyways, right? So you see like a... I hate museums, by the way. I just need to throw that out. I hate art museums specifically. I think art is in the eye of the beholder. doesn't seem to make sense why some art is in museums and other art is not, especially when you go to some of these museums and see what some of the stuff is on the wall. However, you ever go to a museum, you see a naked woman painted on the uh, on the thing. I'm going to go there. We're here. It's still a, It's still a naked woman, but it's like this beautiful painted art piece as well so you you admire it as a piece of art but it, it's still a naked woman brian danielson beating the crap out of people is to me like it's still violence you know it's violent but it's under this beautiful guise of professional wrestling but it's it's still a naked woman like it's still violence i don't know if that made any sense and if you followed that a plus for you gold star for the day you win today however uh i really just Yuda spitting in the face of Brian Danielson at the end while Brian Danielson was just beating. I got uncomfortable at the end of this match. They don't have to use steel chairs, anything like that. I just, I just got uncomfortable by the sheer and utter violence and then the submission at the end. It was just, it was, it was like ref end the freaking match already. It was so uncomfortable to watch. And the spit in the face was a really great touch. I'm excited to see. I hope Wheeler Yuta joins this whole thing. And then, right, something's working for him because he just won the new title and he just won that Ring of Honor title. So, uh, the pure title, excuse me, which I think will be really awesome to see him carry around while he's walking around with the this new Brian Danielson, William Regal, uh, John Moxley faction. So I, I just like start to build the faction already for me, guys. And then um, and then the women's match that we got on AEW, I was hype about. And I know I forgot. I mentioned it in the beginning of the show, and then I forgot to talk about it later on. But this was my pick. This was my call, and I'm sure a lot of us could have called it as well. I did put it on the Twitter. Which, by the way, guys, if you want to follow me on the Twitter, it's at Mimi Burris, M-I-M-I-B-U-R-R-I-S. You feel free to do whatever you want with your life, but if 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 you do do that, you get another, you get two gold stars for the day. So there's that. Um, but yes, this was the Owen Hart Foundation Women's Tournament Qualifier. I didn't know they were going to even have qualifiers. I, I'm excited to start to see the qualifiers with the men's. A good tournament is always just fun. It's it's just because then you just get these great sets of matches together, and they can just be what they are. You can get babyface, babyface. You can get heel, heel. It's really just to see who's moving on. So, uh, yeah, it was Tony Storm. The Bunny versus Tony Storm. I thought this went a little bit longer. Like, I'm so... Um, What's the word? I'm so just like like ready to see a woman's match go five minutes max uh, or a Jade Cargill match or whatever that I was blown away by the amount of time these two women got. I, I don't think it was incredible. Um, I thought that uh, just the, the pure emotion on Tony Storm's face was really nice to see. So despite how the match exactly was like it was just it was kind of a Ruby Soho situation, which, by the way, where is Ruby Soho? I haven't seen her a lot. And, you know, listen. I wasn't singing her praises at all either, but I, I do, when people just disappear, it's confusing to me, so, uh, but I did really, I, I thought Tony Storm looked, looked good, I, I don't think this is the greatest debut match of all time, let me put it like that, but it was really good to see someone just happy um, to be there, and then we had the main event of Dynamite, which was Darby Allen versus Andrade, yeah, violence, again, but a different kind of violence, that's for sure, um, uncomfortable in moments but Darby Allen and his little short shorts man you could just the guy is just likes to get the crap beat out of him I guess I, I don't I don't know what it is about this guy but yeah uh I, I'm absolutely living for it I will tell you that and the, that bump on the steel steps looked absolutely brutal 
Uh, Sting leaving, I thought in the beginning it was really nice, just a sign of of of, of a good pure baby face. Uh, the pop the Hardys get at the end of the match was nice too, obviously because we had Andrade winning. Uh, the match, which I was surprised about too. I, I, I don't know why I thought Darby Allen was possibly going to win this, but the, just the Hardys are still so over. And you know what, guys? I have my own feelings about it. It seems kind of silly that they're still doing what they're doing, but they had that awesome match on the other night. And um, and if they're just here, like they're doing a tables match next week, if they're just here to throw themselves through stuff, I'm all for it. So, yeah. I really enjoyed overall this whole week of wrestling. I know I didn't get to everything. I miss Britt Baker. I'm going to be okay, guys. Don't worry about me. You can follow me on the Twitter at Mimi Burris, by the way. I mentioned that before, but I will mention it again. Fight me. Uh, I hope you all had a wonderful week as well. And that's kind of that's kind of what I'm doing wrap-up-wise in wrestling this week. So hope you all had a great one, like I said, and I will talk to you next time.